of business owners downloadable audio episodes can be found in the podcast link found at drawincustomers.com we are locally underwritten by the bank of sun prairie my name is james kademan entrepreneur author speaker and helpful coach to small business owners across the country and today we're welcoming slash preparing to learn from fatu Cisse, owner of karasu home care and i gotta say i'm excited because every time i meet with fatu and i've known you oh my gosh long time Yes. But I never really knew much about your business. I guess I just knew you through networking and stuff like that. I didn't realize how big and cool your business is. All right. Well, so, now you know. <laughs> no, no, I know. And, and soon the world will know. So let's get started. Let's just start with what is Karasu Home Care? So Karasu, by the way, thank you for having me. And thank you for all you do to get small businesses out there. Oh, I love it. It's fun. Um, yeah. So Carousel Home Care has been 10 years now um, since we started it. It's um, an in-home care services for elderlies within Dean County. All so right. our main goal is to help our seniors stay in their homes for as long as possible, which we know majority of seniors want to do. So um, being there to help them with whether it's their personal care needs, um, their home chores, their medical appointments, um, making sure that they're, they're taking their medications, things of that nature, things that will keep them um, safe at home. All right. Yep. And I imagine you definitely have job or business security, really, because people keep coming to the Madison area or just everywhere, and people keep getting old, whether they like it or not. <laughs> We're all aging. <laughs> Here we are. Yeah. So it's interesting. How did you end up in this industry? You know, that's it's interesting that you actually asked that because that this is not an industry that is familiar to me growing up. Um, I'm from the Gambia. That's in West Africa. Okay. And um, there is no such thing as like in-home care or nursing home where people professionals go into other people's places and work with them. So what, what we know there is families caring for families. And then I come here and um, a family friend introduced me to home care. And I, you know, the way it happened was more of, oh, that's what she wanted to do because she moved in here. And she asked me and I'm like, hey, I, I had no idea. I didn't even know that, that, that such things exist, you know. And so long story short, she found a job herself, which was in home care. She moved from a different state. So from the state that she was, that's what she was doing. Mm -hmm. And now when she got that job, she said, you know, my company is hiring and I you know, you should apply there. And I'm like, no, I hadn't, I don't know that I can do this at the time, you know. Mm -hmm. was, uh, and at the time I was actually <coughs> working um, in a department store. Oh, okay. That's what I was doing. Very different, different thing. Although the customer service thing would follow you anywhere you go, but other than Absolutely. that, um, this one is healthcare. So anyways, Long story short, I apply for that job. I got it. And that was my introduction to working with elderly. And I loved it. I loved it. Never nice. turned back since 
All right. Well, you touched on a few points here. I want to touch on something that I guess it never even dawned on me. Mm-hmm. Were you in Africa? They don't have something like that, I imagine, because just family, extended family is just taking care of yeah. everyone. It's just a cultural norm. It's a cultural norm that families take care of families. In fact, in a very, I don't want to say secretive way, but it's like it's protecting somebody's dignity in mm. a way that, you know, you don't want everybody coming to see all that is happening. I think, um, you know, aging, aging folks have challenges. So, for instance, let's use personal care, bathing or taking someone to the bathroom. Um, a lot of families would not want someone outside of their family to do that with their parents. Got it. Okay. Yeah. So in a way of protecting their dignity, um, that's that's what that is. All right. You know, it's interesting you say that because my dad, I don't know, this is probably a year ago now. He was in the hospital for, he had a stroke. Mm-hmm. And it was interesting. He gets out and he's still going through the physical therapy and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And he told me, when you end up in the hospital, dignity is gone. Because he had to, I mean, he just <laughs> couldn't yeah. move the majority of his body. So it's interesting how we try to go through life, you know, taking yeah. care of ourselves, being independent, mm-hmm. helping other people where we can. You're worried about looks and stuff like that. And then something like that happens. Happen, yeah. And then all of a sudden, what was important to you it's minutes no ago longer a thing. <laughs> doesn't it's not even on the radar. No. So no. it's interesting how life changes so quickly yeah. like that. That is true. So it had to be an interesting paradigm shift. And I guess I never even thought about it. I guess where when it comes to different cultures, the way that they treat or care for elderly. Yeah. Because there's elderly people everywhere. So I guess it's different. Yeah. I mean, for culture, for our culture, it's more of more like. This is what we should do. This is what we will do. It's it's a cycle of life all right come in and somebody is taking care of you and you get to a certain stage you are independent and you move on to your life do everything you get to a certain point then you can do things the ones that you cared for previously and those people are coming back to your life um, to care for you and i i think that interdependence of family units um that's that's just the way it has been and still is in in my country that didn't change um it didn't because to this day there is no like oh this is a senior care living facility no oh they they don't have that no we don't have that so which means everybody ages in place ages at home and their families take care of them wow yeah all right interesting so you come here to the states your friend says hey do this thing that essentially you've never heard of or i know why and what was the driving force for you to say sure i'll leave the department store and do this was it curiosity was it taking care of people was like tell me what was the the initial attraction well, when she's when she's explained it, she explained to me what they do, and she think that I would do it, and I was like, okay, I'll give it a try. You know, it's just a matter of wanting to try if I can do it, but also 
it's more of um being able to help someone in that in that phase of life you know i grew up with my grandparents around me so okay. i yeah so i feel like okay let's give it a try and see but like i said i just completely loved it i just completely love it all right and 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 then for then from there working for different agencies um different different healthcare facilities and then i've decided that well if this is what i'm going to be doing i might as well um get my own business but mm-hmm. that also was triggered by a family that i work with that were my private clients and um they eventually moved to a facility and the transition was very difficult very de- emotionally demanding on them and of course on everybody around them um because that wasn't what they wanted to do now they didn't want to move in there from their home but their husband fall you know he fell and then moved to take, he was taken to the hospital from hospital to um a nursing home the family decided they were going to move their mom to so this was a, a very challenging thing to work with them in that process i thought if i can help one two three people mm-hmm. at home i will do that so all right that's how i launched um kairasu so when you launched kairasu right before i should say did you have any desire to own your own business you just oh, felt like there's a better I, way so that caused you to start a business well here's the thing i came from an entrepreneurial background like my family runs business businesses okay. i should say so even before i came to this country i owned my own business oh nice so, okay so owning this kind of business wasn't um wasn't familiar because it's healthcare but owning mm-hmm. a business was a familiar territory gotcha okay yeah so being an entrepreneur that wasn't new or anything like that that was old no that was new okay going into this industry is new but mm-hmm. being an entrepreneur wasn't new gotcha so there was no fear i should say on your end of starting a business specifically in this area because you had the experience you had the entrepreneurial experience and you're like hey chocolate peanut butter here we go let's make a thing and get it going kind of thing you know, i i wouldn't totally say it that way because you know it's, <laughs> okay. a, it's a different place too you sure. know doing um a business in gambia is different from doing a business here and doing any kind of business is different from being in healthcare business oh my gosh i can only imagine <laughs> because the paperwork that, that is that comes with its own challenges sure. you know so um yeah so i wouldn't say that i i definitely get in in into the business with some um confidence but again with some anxiety as well all right that's fair, you, fair yeah maybe yeah. lack of fear maybe that was too strong i guess maybe confidence that it could be done yes all right got it and you so when you started your business was it just you or did you get employees right off the bat how did that work no it was just me at the beginning all right yeah it was just me at the beginning and then when i got few more clients then i added one part time and then 
it keeps growing <laughs> today. So, all right. So when you first started, was the intention to grow the business to the point that you have employees and you're managing them kind of thing? Oh yeah, definitely. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. I love that you had growth in mind. That's perfect. Definitely. Yes. Excellent. So when you, well, let's back up a step to get your first client. Was this a client that you already had, family friend kind of thing? Yeah, that was a client that I already had. Okay. And then, of course, this other family that I was also, I was, I had explained, mm-hmm. um, the families, their son is a doctor in one of the hospitals. So he was able to like talk to his colleagues about what I do and how they were satisfied with me and my services to their parents uh-huh, so super that, cool. that that open up doors for people to get referrals to us all right so imagine with a business like that just like many other businesses growth is somewhat of a roller coaster that's broadly going up but there's still the point where you get some clients you get a lot of clients now we're getting to the point that we're almost bursting at the seams so we have to add an employee so now we're a little cool. We have more work than, or I'm sorry, we have more people than we have work. And then we got to go back up. Same thing, rinse, repeat, up in kind of this jagged staircase, so to speak. I like how you say rinse, repeat. <laughs> <laughs> rinse, That's repeat. Right. Right? <laughs> rinse and repeat. <laughs> yeah. All right. So That's when you first got your employee, I imagine that had to be a challenge because employees, just getting employees universally is a challenge, but you're asking someone to join the one person company which I've been there too. Mm-hmm. Tell me about that story, about how you found your first employee and how it worked out, keeping track of them, making sure they did the job while you were also doing your job. That's right. So my first employee was within my inner circle. Um, so I had approached her and said, I have more clients than I can do at this point. Um, I'm looking to hire someone. And she said, I'm ready if you want to hire me. And I was like, sure. <laughs> so we, we we started that way, did our due diligence of like how paperwork should be done, making sure that we're staying in compliance because that is the part that was big for me to be able to do it and do it right. Mm-hmm. Um, so we did all of what did we need to do from background check to having documentation of oh we call this reference this is what they said you know having all those things um lined up um to ensure that the the folder the employee file have everything that it that should go in um so yeah that's how that went um and um Like I said, I didn't look back since. All right. So I love that you got, you created systems and documentation for when we add an employee, these are the steps that we need to take. Mm -hmm. So it's not just flying by the seat of your pants every day, you know, like, hey, to add an employee, we got to do step number one, two, three, move on, all that jazz. So that is super cool. I still find companies that have dozens of employees that don't have that. Well, I think it's different when you are an immigrant. Okay. Because like me, I don't want to do anything wrong when it comes to government. 
Oh, gotcha. Okay. Got when it. you're dealing with the system, mm -hmm. you better make sure that you're doing it right. All so right. I think that is, you know, like that will be true for a lot of like immigrant com uh, companies that you will come across. They will try to do things by to the T because they don't want to mess with the system. Then. Oh, all right. I never even considered that. Well, you because you're from here. Sure. I never. Well, yeah, I guess that <laughs> and the industries that I've been in. It's so interesting because I talked to like my sister, for example, she does hair and she's moved around in states and the hoops that she had to jump through in different states just to do hair mm -hmm. blew my mind. Because I'm sure. like, I'm going into places. This is before my first business. I was fixing printers and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And to have a printer repair business, you pretty much just say that you have a printer repair business. That's it. And I think a lot of businesses are like that. With what you're doing, where you're going into people's houses, healthcare type stuff. Mm -hmm. I mean, the certification. It's, it's a whole different oh my God. industry. It's a whole different industry. I can't even imagine. Yeah. I'm not much of a paperwork guy just because I, I have a very hard time concentrating on stuff like that. And the industry that you're in, I can imagine like to cross your T's. It's got to be difficult because I guess getting on a side tangent here, um, we have employees in different states, mm -hmm. just dealing with different states with their different payroll. Tax yeah. thing. Mm -hmm. Like I have a state that I'm trying to pay payroll tax to. Mm -hmm. like, I, I have money. I'm trying to pay you money for any other business in the world. They would make this relatively easy. Yeah. Because businesses live to bring in cash, right? Mm -hmm. But this particular state is like, we're going to put in more hoops for <laughs> you to jump through to pay us. And I keep thinking, you don't need more hoops. I got the money. I want to pay you the money. Let me pay you the money. Let's, let's do it and get it done with. Yeah. Then. So I can only imagine with you sometimes. And sometimes they don't even tell you there's hoops until you don't jump through them. Mm -hmm. And then they say, why didn't you jump through this hoop? <laughs> say, That's right. I never yes. knew about the hoop. Yeah. So I can imagine something like what you guys got going on until you've been doing it for a while. You probably have to think like, or ask a bunch of people in government or wherever, and just figure out what are the hoops that we have to jump through and when and how, and do we have to go yeah, face first and, or feet first and or whatever? It's, not, it's definitely not a business where you just go from saying, oh, I want to open this and mm -hmm just go and do whatever paperwork you need to open it. No, there is a lot that's involved background work that is done before you get to that point, including mm -hmm. your business plan and um, dealing with licensing. Yeah. As far as uh, accreditations and, you know, you're going to be dealing with the system to approve that you can actually like do this and upgrade it and all that. All right. You know. So when you, you've grown now, how many employees do you have? Um, I think 76. 76. Holy cow. Yeah. yeah. So over the course of 10 years, you went from you to 70 plus employees. That is yeah. crazy yeah. impressive. Plus. The clients that you're getting, is it still through referrals or how do you get a lot so of clients? We get now? our clients in many different ways. Um, Definitely referrals, people who knew us, mm -hmm. but we also get it from state. We get it from the VA. 
because we have right. the contracts. Um, we get it from like other state county entities. So the Dane County, um, you know, the big systems were contracted with all of them. All so right. Get our clients through that long-term care insurance is, you know. And I imagine for each one of those, you have to jump through hoops that they know you exist, they trust you, and they can start referring clients it to all, you. Yeah, it all takes time. It's 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 a process. <laughs> so when, at what point in your business did you have to start going from, I'm getting referrals, we got a few employees, we're going cool, to, hey, I have to broaden my awareness or broaden the the industry's awareness of my existence mm-hmm. so I can get clients from other places. It was an interesting thing. I think from when I was talking to you before, the volume of people that need services like you have mm-hmm. and the volume of businesses and employees that are actually taking care of people doing services mm-hmm. you have, like there's a huge discrepancy where there's way more clients than they are actually businesses to help them. Is that, that right? Is true. That is very true. All right. And that's worse now, I think. Worse now. <laughs> Yeah, just because there is like a shortage in the industry for, I mean, there's worker shortage anyways mm-hmm. for all industry, but it's worse for healthcare. So you have oh. all these people um, that need services and then you're having to decline every single time because you don't have enough staff. Oof. So yeah, so there is more um, people needing services than there is people providing services. All right. So you, I guess, realistically, does that mean that you could grow your business even more? I could if I have the staff. Oh, there's a little caveat <laughs> there. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All we need is people. We can take care of more people, right? Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Yeah. Staffing is the limitation at this point. All right. And has that always been an issue for, it's let's say. It's bad. It's. It's it wasn't as bad as it is now. Okay. Definitely and, not. And is that because of pandemic? Is that people are just getting out or not entering the industry? Or what do you attribute that to? Well, I think is both that the pandemic, but also the growth of the more the how people are aging. There's a lot of aging people out there, but there is a lot of um people who had either went to a different industry mm-hmm. or had maybe started their own businesses of various things that um, staffing is now an issue or maybe they're not working. Who knows? It's a right. different things. Gotcha. So with this industry as a whole, mm-hmm. I mean, just the clients that you're taking care of, I imagine eventually pass. So you're yeah. constantly having to get new clients Mm -hmm. is that a challenge at all that is the the challenge about that is um i always say uh, when we lost a client there is two losses that happens there we lost someone we love Mm -hmm. because we get connected to our clients our services are very personalized uh, and those clients are part of our carousel family and um, so that loss is there. Um, we grieve that, but then we also lost the income that is coming from mm-hmm. that, that services. Now, replacing that is not much of a 
a thing, a, a big problem now as far as the income replacement, because, you know, we, I don't know if I told you this before, but we, especially during this pandemic, we were at a point where we have people on the wait list because we don't oh, have gotcha. enough people. So you can always go back to either those on the wait list or your referral um, folks, entities and say, hey, I, I have an opening. So if you have someone and likelihood within like a day or two, you'll feel that. Is that quick? Yeah. Oh, wow. I don't know if that's good or bad. <laughs> I feel like from yeah. business wise, that's super good. But from a industry, I'm like, holy cow, they got a, that's mm-hmm. a huge wait list then. Yeah. Yeah. So. Interesting. And what are the people like your clients? What are they doing in the meantime? So they're on this wait list. That doesn't mean that they're necessarily they're like, OK, I won't get sick yeah, or they old until be, you're ready. I'm sure they are on different agencies wait lists. You know, because they will be also shopping around. So if anybody got opening, they will be calling you. There are times that you call a client and they already have services, which is wonderful. That's what we want to hear. Mm -hmm. Interesting. So if you were to do this differently, let's just say 10 years ago or even let's go nine years ago, right? After you got started and rolling, what are some things that you would have done differently knowing what you know now? You know, one thing that I would do differently is delegation. Oh, interesting. Okay. It took me time to do, to delegate certain things. And I, I think I always feel like I do this, I do it better. And then I don't, I, I don't have as much of a, I don't know if this is the right word to say it like confidence for somebody to take over that part and sure. do, you know so if i was to do anything like if i was to do things all over i think i would delegate sooner than i had waited now i delegate um, <laughs> <laughs> out of necessity i suppose you know, yes i do i do and i'm getting i'm comfortable doing that now but I, it took me a few years to get to a point where I'm comfortable with that. But there is also um, an advantage in that in the fact that I can touch on any of any part of the business and do something and make it work. You know, mm-hmm. it's either not that I'm going to enjoy every part of the business doing. Like for me, visiting with clients will be top priority of things that I enjoy most than sitting here and doing my paperwork. Although I don't do um, the client visits in in a caregiving um, role now, but knowing that if it comes down to it, I can just get up and go help someone because I have the skills, mm-hmm. right? If I needed to like submit a claim, because I didn't have staff or something. I know that, you know, so there is a good thing in knowing all aspects of those, but it's good to be able to like, just let go and give other people what they do best to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so freedom I, didn't, I didn't get to that point. Sooner than I should. <laughs> All right. I think you and just about every entrepreneur out there, yeah, 
Because we, I feel like there's a little bit of ego or pride and that we know how to do it. We're super awesome at doing it. So we're just going to do it because it's going to take me longer to explain to you how to do it. But then there comes a point where that can't scale. You can't grow. Yes, you cannot because, grow with that. Yeah. You only get 24 hours in the day. A few of those mm -hmm. hours you have to actually sleep. And it's cool to have a social life outside of work, whatever. And so yeah, eventually, and I think just, also like, we yeah. want to be protective of the business, like you know. Very true. Right. Oh, so extremely true. Yeah. yeah. Protective. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting because there, I think there comes a time mm -hmm. when we have to realize that we have to delegate, and we cannot assume that what we delegate is going to be done perfectly, or maybe perfectly is not the best word, but as exactly as we would have done it. Yeah. Maybe better, maybe worse, but we just have to trust or accept that mm -hmm. some things are going to be done differently than we would have done them. Yep. And we but, have to be okay with that. Right. And they got done. Okay with that. Yeah. <laughs> but then when you when you experience it and it happens and oh, that went well, actually. That okay, that's that's going okay. Mm -hmm. That's good. You know, it's like, oh, okay. You know. Right. So, You're working towards it's a yeah. higher quality problem. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Lower laundry list. Cool. So as you grow, I imagine 76 employees that I'm guessing you have to have other managers and stuff like that to oh, help yeah. you keep track of all that. Absolutely. Can you tell us about hiring and training and keeping tabs on them to make sure that they're doing their job? How do you keep track of all that? Um. So... That's a whole bunch of questions there. <laughs> Let's start with hiring <laughs> a manager. We'll dissect them. Um, yeah. Let's start with hiring one. one that's... So, hiring um, is a process where we have, there's multiple layers to it, you know, from when they submit the applications to the interview phase of the hiring and the um reference check part of it so there's all these layers and then the background checks and you know all that stuff to a point where you get to this is a good fit or this is not a good fit so that happens and then um the other thing about management to ensure that they are doing what they need to do there's multiple ways that that happens. One way is you have a signed supervisor. Mm -hmm. So that supervisor is responsible for the, that team that they supervise. So they know what the schedule is. They know who they are working with and they can, you know, mitigate that, that part. And the other part is that we also use an app where people, when they get to the client's place, they log in to that app and they will also put in, when they are going, they will log out. But not only that, they will also be able to put in what we call visit notes, all the things that they've done while they are with the client. All so right. again, that gives that supervisor a way to be able to like, see and you can get on the app and see who's logging who's not logging and you as a supervisor you know whose schedule is what so mm -hmm. another way for quality assurance to check on those things to ensure and say oh you were supposed to be at this place but i didn't see any login what's going on are you at work are you not 
you know, sometimes it might be that they are at work, but they forgot to log in into the system, you know. Mm-hmm. But again, that's how you keep track of what's what's going on. All right. Interesting. Tell me about employees that you've had to deal with or employee challenges. Because I imagine a no call, no show mm-hmm. person at a fast food restaurant. Mm-hmm. You can just you absorb it, right? The rest of the people that showed up, they got to work around that extra work, so to speak. Mm-hmm. But for something like you do, where it's, I imagine a lot of it's one-on-one. Yeah. Do you have to have spare employees or how do you, how do you work with that? Which I imagine is, I mean, it's become more common in the past few years, I think, but it's a thing. So how do you work with that? Yeah. So if we have a log, um, a call in or you have a no call, no show, which is like, okay, you don't belong here if you're doing that. Um, but I would say if we have a call in, there is priority on how that is done. So say we have a call in with somebody who needs total care, right? Mm-hmm. And you're going to have like the team within, because not, not only one person works for that client and that's it. You have to have a backup for them. So you, you tap into that backup to see who's available there to go to that client because those people are trained with that client. And if there isn't, um, if that individual, let's say, if that client is not a total care, they're independent. Maybe they need just supportive home care. You know, uh, they need companionship. And then you have someone else who needs coverage for companion, um, total care. Maybe this client who needs companionship staff is going to move to the one that needs total care because that one cannot get out of bed if no one shows up. So obviously you kind of, um, at that point, you are working on priority of. Sure. And All then, right. So it may not be that this individual who needs companionship is not going to get it, but they're not going to get it at noon when they needed it, when they wanted it that time, but they might get it at three, you know. Got it. Okay. Yeah. So you just adapt essentially. That's right. Got it. So one of the things that I find very interesting about the industry that you're in and a lot of other industries where I would say that care and empathy are strong disciplines that you have to have mm-hmm. those i don't want to say that they necessarily go against uh direct entrepreneurship kind of thing but typical entrepreneurship you think of fears driven growth mindset kind of thing and they don't always coincide with empathy and care but you i can tell that you have both how do you keep yourself sane having all of those qualities in your personality where driven for growth with the business, but also caring for your employees and your clients. You have to be able to do all of that um, in order to build a successful business. We're, like you said, we're in a care industry that calls for compassion um, and empathy. You have to be able to um, carry all of that and be caring um, be very hands-on um, with things. But at the same time, that's where you need 
like the team because again you cannot do it all mm. you have to have the right team the right amount of people that can support what you need uh, and as you grow you obviously add more to to support those needs that the growing pains mm-hmm. um and like i said too it's bringing the people with the skill set that you need because if you bring an accountant to do the caregiving that may not work <laughs> <laughs> not so hard so, right. yeah um or bring a caregiver to do accounting work that may not work either so it'll probably be worse yeah (laughs) yeah it will be people put people where their skill sets are needed and you know so yeah all right tell me about the name i've been meaning to ask you about this for years and i just always forget until i get back in my car and think i forgot to ask her about the name so kairosu it means peaceful home Oh, it, yeah, it is a Mandinka language, and I'm from a Mandinka tribe. All right, peaceful oh, home. Peaceful home, Carol. Right. Yeah. Do most or do a lot of your clients know that, or do they? You know, they do. Know that? Interestingly, okay. they do ask. A lot of clients um, do ask on assessment. Like when people go in there to assess them, that's when they say, Hmm, that name is different. What does it mean? All right. It's literally like you have to expect that that's going to come into conversation because people like to know. All right. Yeah. Very cool. That's clever. Yeah. I like it. You know, you (laughs) lead me to ask a question that I guess it never really dawned on me. Um, I have a son. We're shopping for daycares. And to me, that was the strangest thing in the world. Because we're essentially shopping for a person to take care of our kid, which is just so weird. I know. And, and I imagine when you're shopping, so to speak, for someone to take care of a loved one that's older, mm-hmm. now you got the same situation. Like, what should people look for in a company or an organization that's going to take care of their loved one? I didn't even know what to look for with my kid. Yeah. Uh, looking for so, daycare. Like, I guess you have a roof. I don't know. Yeah. I would say be sure that they have the um, human capital. Human capital. Okay. Do you yeah. mean number of employees? So they have the staff. They have okay. the staff. Okay. Because there's a lot of places that do not have staff. They can get you. And then the next thing you know, a few months down the line, you still don't care. So you oh, have, you have okay. it today and then tomorrow you don't have it. All right. Because they are, they don't have staff. So make sure that, you know, you know that this company has staff for what you need. Now, that's one. Two, inquire if the company, how they train their staff. So again, skill sets become a thing. Um, you want to know if the staff that is coming to work with your parents have the skill set that you need. That's another thing. Are these companies doing their due diligence to do all the vetting that they need as far as background check for the person that they're going to send to your parents' home? You want to know that. You want to also know 
how do I communicate if um, something is not going right? What is the internal communication process? What, how mm. does this process work? You want to also know that so that you know, oh, this is the supervisor to my mom's care team. Let me call that individual. They will have the answer that I'm looking for rather than call admin and admin is like, oh, okay, wait, let me find out who this person's supervisor is, you know? So, um, you know, having those logistic basic things um, down uh, would be important. But yes, if one, you wanna know if they have staff, if that staff is skilled, um, did they do the background checks and, you know, I think those are important things that you should know. Yes. There are times that people inquire, oh, do you have insurance? Is it bounded? Is, you know, while I think that's important for your peace of mind, I don't think, I honestly don't think anybody's going to operate something like this without insurance. Hope you know? not. <laughs> right? Yeah. You, <clears throat> no, I, I doubt that would be, but, you know, you never know. Yes. I know people do ask questions like that. And I'm like, hmm, why why you even ask that? Because you gotta have insurance to be able to um do something like that. Um, but yeah. Part of the reason, and I'm speaking for people that I've never met before, mm-hmm. but I can see myself asking that question because I didn't know what questions to ask. Mm. I went where it's just one of those, I don't want to sound dumb, but in this case, I'm a moron. And I don't want to say like, I have no idea what to ask because I'm essentially buying from you. I mean, whatever. So I'm asking Mm -hmm. a salesperson what question to ask. It's not always ideal. So it's one of those like, uh, yeah, I'm sure it's kind of thing because I want to ask some question, but I don't know what to ask. I wouldn't know what to ask because you're essentially asking like, hey, are you going to take care of my parent? Make them feel good, do everything they can to keep them alive and happy as long as possible. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that anyone can necessarily answer that easily because they don't, I mean, they've never experienced time with your parent. Maybe your parents are pain in the butt. I don't know. <laughs> there's like, there's so many variables that are based on human personality. Yeah. Where it's not just a black and white, like, hey, <clears throat> I can fix your car kind of thing because I know how to fix cars. Right. When you're taking care of a person, there's so much going on there. And that is why insurance should be thought as already required. And right. it is already okay. required, mm-hmm. you know, to do that. Yeah. Like your first example at the beginning of this discussion was like you do printing stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So if you if you're a printer salesperson that's completely different from providing healthcare services. So, um, yeah. So insurance is critical in this case. Yeah. Well, even with printer repair, I had people ask me if I was insured. So I get it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is go, whatever, but don't yeah. Break my, don't break my $1,000 um, <laughs> printer <laughs> without insurance, right? <laughs> yeah, it was just... Unless remember, you have insurance to fix it, you know? <laughs> I remember the first time that I got asked, and it was one of those like, yeah, I have insurance. I don't, why? 
mm-hmm. what could possibly happen where insurance would be involved? I'm just thinking like I take the machine apart and I just walk away. Is that a thing where insurance gets involved? Or you're just like, oh, that sucks. You yeah. know, and what it just it was a weird thing. Yeah. With people involved, it's a different story because your liability. Yeah, liability with people, it goes way up. Yeah. So different story. I mean, kudos to you because I can never do what you do. I can never do it. Because yeah. one, just taking care of people and the patience that's needed for that. I I just have total respect for anyone that's in the field of care teaching any of that so impressed by you guys yeah on top of that just dealing with the employees Mm -hmm. working with them hiring them i mean that's a whole nother thing and then i imagine like you said you're taking care of someone for i guess i don't know how long you take care of them if it's months or years but you get a connection it varies varies. some people many years you know all right and some people can come within a week you know wow you know, but still, that's the thing. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Know? So I, mean, I had connections with my clients over printers. So I can only imagine <laughs> taking care of them on a, a way higher level. Yes. That when they go away, you know, they pass, whatever, that's got to be tough. And then you have to console your crew, but also get your crew like, we got to get back to work on to the next because we have more help to do. I know. More people it's to tough. take care of. I mean, that's a challenge. That, that, that Huge kudos to I bet I when bet. you lose yeah. when you lose a client, it's a tough one. Yeah, yeah. When, I bet. But I mean, that's kind of part of the. Mm-hmm. It's just nature of the business, I imagine. Yes, right? it is. It's the reason you're there, at least part of it. Yeah, to support the individual, but also the families that you work with. Mm-hmm. But that that piece can be tough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Yeah. So Fatu, how can people find you? How can people find me at carousucare.com? That is C-A-I-R-A-S-U-Care.com. Um, so, yeah, right. and I'm on um, social media sites, Twitter, um, Facebook, LinkedIn. Check me out. <laughs> yeah, that's where you can find me. And I also have a podcast, Super Aging. Do you really? I do. How did I not know this? Oh my gosh. Oh, now you know, James. Now you yeah, do. Right? <laughs> What's the name of the podcast? Super Aging. Su- did you say Super Aging? Yes. Super Aging. And mm-hmm. can they find that typical podcast? Place? Any podcast space, yes. Awesome. How long have you been doing that? Um, About a year, less than two years. All right. All right. Well, super cool. Congrats on that. Every time I talk with you. There's something yeah. new and exciting that you have going on. I love this. Yeah. So yeah, that's <laughs> that's that's a way to just get the information out to people and you know educate people about senior care and you know yeah. how especially dementia care because All people right. get frustrated with that. So so they're not asking crazy questions like do you have insurance? <laughs> yeah, they're not thinking about insurance. Deeper <laughs> questions. <laughs> there. Go a little deeper. A little deeper. I love it. Well, thank you so much for being on the show, Fetu. Of course. Thanks for having me. This was great. It's good having conversation with you. Oh, my gosh. I love it. I love talking with entrepreneurs. You have a great thing going on. It's impressive. I don't know how you do it, but kudos to you. Well, thank you. You do a wonderful job, too, working with people across this country. It's amazing what you do and helping entrepreneurs get the word out. It's wonderful.
You know, I appreciate you saying that, but when I have awesome guests, it makes it easy. <laughs> it makes it easy. So thank you. You're welcome. Thanks. <laughs> this has been Authentic Business Adventures, the business program that brings you the struggle stories and triumphant successes of business owners across the land. We are locally underwritten by the Bank of Sun Prairie. If you're listening or watching this on the web, if you could do us a huge favor, you know what I'm going to ask, right? Give it a big old thumbs up, subscribe, and of course, leave a comment below and let Fatu and myself know what are some of the challenges that you've had with senior care for your family? What are the questions that you have? And just overall, are you excited about being an entrepreneur? Because that's a good thing, right? My name is James Kateman and Authentic Business Adventures is brought to you by Calls on Call, offering call answering and reception services for service businesses across the country on the web at callsoncall.com. And of course, the Bold Business Book, a book for the entrepreneur in all of us, available wherever fine books are sold. We'd like to thank you, our wonderful listeners, as well as our guest, Fatu KC, the, I'm sorry, CSA, owner of Karasu Home Care. I was combining words there. Yeah, uh, Fatu, <laughs> Can you tell us that website one more time? Kerasukea.com. Kerasukea.com. Perfect. I love it. Past episodes can be found morning, noon, and night. The podcast link found at drawincustomers.com. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next week. I want you to stay awesome. And if you do nothing else, enjoy your business. Thank you.